I'll give you a clue. It was Greensby. They are pressing quite well. What's happened there? You've got to be joking. Oh, sorry, I've done the wrong arrow. I've drawn an arrow. I haven't seen it. Sorry. We must have a horseshoe up his ass. <laughs> if we're playing on professional and that's happening for Barcelona. Um, two years ago. Sorry about that. I that, I'm sorry, that's just put me off the game. I'm not having that. Anyway, segue, moving on. What has that got to do with football? Why is that out of a football ground? Hello and welcome to a new season of Rambling from the Honest Football Podcast. I'm Craig Savage. With me every week for the whole season is Daniel Cody and Charlie Betts. Are you committing to not missing one? <laughs> On today's show, we look at the Championship's opening fixtures, the EFL Trophy sponsorship debacle, Charlie's Tales of the Unexpected, any other business, and our brand new quiz. So, as it's the first show of the new season, how's your summer been? Yeah, very interesting. For, from a football perspective, Craig, I assume you're asking. Not that I went to Edinburgh. And aside from the seven or eight summer episodes we did on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I went there for the African Cup of Nations. My, uh, well, my summer holiday, I went to Edinburgh. My brother-in-law lives up there. Got nothing to do with football with this, but I just wanted to share this very, very quickly. If you're not aware, that during that month of August in Edinburgh, they have the Fringe Festival, like comedy, yeah, music, yeah, yeah. dance, etc. Not hair. Sorry? Not hair. Hair? Hair Fringe. fringe oh, music. no, not Fringe. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> 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 but uh, I won't bore you with all of it, but, and I know that when comedians oh, tell jokes, it is better, but I went to see a, a one-liner comedian, and my favourite joke of the whole thing was, are you ready for this? What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? Hippos are quite heavy, but a zippo is a little lighter. <laughs> that was <laughs> almost as bad as Christ. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, so that's... Someone does that as a living. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, no. But anyway, so that was my summer. But yeah, from a football perspective, I would like to say, actually, about being too big-headed about the whole thing, that we come out of a bit of credibility out of this summer in terms of African Cup of Nations predictions. Uh, the football IFAB, changes, yeah. I mean, that yeah. IFAB, uh, obviously one of our better videos, obviously, even though at the time I thought it was an absolute car crash of a video. But anyway, <laughs> we um, our, one of our predictions was about the stupid goal kick change that they made. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and who was it did it recently? It was in a Atletico? Anyway, the, the whole point being is that a defender now can enter the 18 yard box, but an uh, uh, outfield player can't, can they? Oh, I'll tell you, one of the Benfica. Benfica, sorry. Yes. So we predicted that what's going to happen eventually is, is obviously the ball's on the floor, goalkeeper will just chip it up to the defender, he'll nod it back into his hands, suddenly the goalkeeper then run forwards and do whatever he wants with it. The example that actually happened recently didn't go swimmingly well, because although the keeper caught it, he then gave the ball away straight after. But it is what they attempted. But it's the principle. And I, I honestly, without getting on the high horse of all this again, I do think this, it, if this sort of thing catches on, the end. Of, the goal kick will disappear. It, it will literally be ball goes out for a goal kick, plays in the hands of people. Because everyone's going to do it now. Well, there's nothing stopping you doing that anyway. But and, I'm going over the old video. And obviously the Afcon one you mentioned. The only prediction we probably didn't get right was Tunisia. Yes, but they yes. didn't actually win a game, did they? No, no, they did they not. No, the no. And they were at that, that game against Ghana. Now I know I was slightly biased. I wanted Ghana to win, but even from a neutral perspective, the shithousery of that game for the last 20 minutes. Of the, of you are happy with normal time. I mean, Ghana scored possibly the worst own goal we've ever seen. But anyway, I think it was in the 90 off, 95th minute or something. But prior to that, the shithousery was absolutely of a brand new scale that I've never seen before. And, now, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad that they didn't win it. Sorry, we took a bit of stick, particularly from you, Craig, once you'd heard the episode, about Madagascar. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no. And they were a revelation. No, no, I, I, I did say before the tournament, I wasn't going to watch this tournament, but obviously I was quite bored at home. But some of the standard of football was atrocious. <laughs> But, Some cracking games. But though. it was a mix of for an underdog though. story. 
Yes. Madagascar were but fantastic. But what annoyed me, without going into too much of a thing, if you did like a cross-section of Twitter just after Madagascar um, got through the last 16 against, it escapes me, but whoever it was anyway, the whole of the football world seemed to love them. And yet, we seemed to be at one point like the only voice of reason. It was like, no, they're not a bad team, you know. Yeah. Everyone was caning them. Oh, plucky Madagascar, they'll give it a go. They were so much better than that. And I, for that, I think we need to take a lot of credit for it. I completely agree. But let's move a little closer to home. Yes. One other thing that's changed during the summer is that the team that we quite often slated Craig for working at last season <laughs> has a, a new colleague, a new coach. <laughs> yes. Who might that be, Charlie Betts? Well, Craig and I have decided to, to link up. Uh, the so team Craig, is back together. So Craig, Craig is the gap. Hopefully this time it's off the pitch, because <laughs> last time we played centre-half together, we don't want to see that. <laughs> if you're not sure, listen back to our Sunday league. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, so Craig, you're the gaffer. I'm joint gaffer. Your, joint uh, gaffer. Sorry, Rick. Well, joint yeah. Gaffer. You're, Craig, you're the gaffer. You're and, part of the management <laughs> team, and Charlie isn't. Uh, yeah, no, no I'm, I'm your, your coach, but yeah, there's been some... There's been some good... good some I, I would like to, hopefully, we'll see, once we get a bit more of the season under our belt, it would be nice to do like a grassroots sort of mm. special, because I think there's a lot... There's one thing being a grassroots player, and, you know, I've sort of coached with other grassroots teams, but seeing it when you're like running as a reserve team, there's a certain dynamic to that. I mean, trying to ha- tr- do a, uh, a coaching session with, like, at one point we had 50-odd lads and a cricket match going on, yeah, literally a cricket match in the middle of our training pitch it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem that's rarely talked about for Sunday League yeah. and Saturday League teams in the summer amateur teams is the, the impact that cricket has because yeah. normally most local parks or facilities like mm. Monaghan will just get a big cricket it's, it's not, it's, it's not just in, that it's obviously obviously more teams uh, it's obviously more 3G pitches around yeah. and then hiring one for well, obviously a yeah. certain amount of time is just as hard and in the and summer one, it's one, unrealistic one, exactly and one 3G pitch size to Triple the price for some yeah. random reason. Yeah, and it's it's hard. what's and not it's helped not us is that you don't need it. Well, know? the thing is as well is the club that we're involved with. So we're involved with the reserves, but for the first few sessions of pre-season, Craig and I pretty much did the first team and the reserves. Then that was fine because that was on the grass and there was less ball work. Well, if if at all. But now the the team we're involved in has a, a very large youth setup, which is fantastic. But the problem is you've got one AstroTurf between essentially what three, maybe four adult teams, including uh, Sundays, and under five eight, adult teams, five adult teams, and an under eighteen, and then there's another seventeen, sixteen. Yeah. Trying to hire out one pitch between that. So there was a situation on Thursday where there was literally six teams trying to train. Luckily, me and Craig were organised enough that we get there at half six and set up. But in fairness, I put out about ninety-five cones on. Um, you did on Thursday. You're very, I've heard that's your best skill is putting out cones. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Well, I, I need it. I need the. I need nine box. I need the pitch divided into nine boxes to talk about the whole. Two, and you've got to practice two. your uh, straight lines for your new job. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I needed. Uh, you've got to teach symmetry in a month. I, well, I needed nine boxes for like the whole two-thirds pressing yeah, yeah. scenario. But um, yeah, the problem was is that I put all of them out, and then the first team turned up at five to seven. Which I mean, considering they're some professional footballers, is worrying. But anyway. Uh, and they were like, oh, where are we going to train? And they were like, oh, I can move the cones if you want, but I sort of did a bit of a guilt trip on them. So then they ended up having a third of an AstroTurf pitch. And I don't want to say it's our fault, but they haven't won the first two games. And that could be down to the fact they couldn't oh, train properly. I, on think, that, I think that <laughs> might be, and it's not my place to say, turned up five minutes before I'm failing to prepare. Well, yeah, yeah. But there you go. So, no, it's an interesting... But I'm looking forward to seeing how the relationship blossoms. And when Luton aren't at home, or I'm not going to an away game, yeah. I will try and come and watch a few to see... Just how your tactical masterclass is coming together, and I will feed back on the podcast. <laughs> and now it's time for an all new Ramble of the Week. Football season's back, and 
Cody, you went to the first game of the season on I the Friday did. night, Luton Town versus Middlesbrough at Kenilworth Road. And what a game it was. It was fantastic. I think that my beloved Luton Town have probably gained a few neutral fans yes. from Friday yeah. night. Yes, they have. And, um, um, so I, I wanted to talk a bit more on Luton's one, a bit more about some of the teething problems of growing quickly as a club. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've okay. seen a picture of this. This is brilliant. So I did send you both the picture. Yes. It was quite amusing. Obviously... Perhaps for those who have got a season ticket for the first time, sitting on the front row and pay 30 quid, maybe not so much. However, uh, Luton, as a result of going up to the Championships, have decided to make a little bit of extra revenue, and I think it might be a requirement. It's a requirement. It's cost them a million pounds. To install, I think part of that was the gantry as well. Oh, the, yeah, stand. most of it's uh, But they have to put LED boards behind all of the stands that will be visible for TV mm-hmm. games, which are the three you obviously saw on Friday night. Um, so just, a, sorry oh, just go going about the TV gantry I'd rather just keep it the whole season oh now. it looked fantastic it, was it, it looked so much though. bigger and exactly it looked a lot bigger and do you know what I would love to happen And because this happened to me when I went to watch Balamina versus Crusaders is where their ground is they've got, they've got a free stand so the camera is where there's obviously no stand I just assumed the ground went all the way down yeah, and got a huge shock when I walked in and I'm hoping there's fans who've never seen Kenilworth Road on TV before who get to the ground and then get this massive shock that suddenly like they've just got the director's box. I'm sure they used to do that at Plymouth before as well when they used to only have 3D stands. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah. the point being that they had to put electronic LED advertising hoardings around the three stands. So the slight problem with that is because Luton Town obviously have come from League 2 in two years, they were in the, uh, the National League five years ago and I'm in the Championship for 12 mm-hmm. years when those things weren't such a requirement. Yeah. Is they didn't really have the experience of where to put them and how to manage them. So they put them about halfway on the AstroTurf between the stand and the pitch, the grass stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I had. The, uh, yeah. I went to the game for the pre season game against Norwich and I, was, I looked down at the front. Yes. Uh, and obviously you've got all the wires in between the old yeah. advertising boards and the LED ones. So, so in, I mean, in terms of one thing, it's great. You could not invade that pitch if you wanted to. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's because, I mean, wants. that would pull anyone's hamstring and go and get over there. But I did. So, I remember Luton did. Um, leave a uh, tweet or something and say there is problems yes. with that at the LED boards obviously they'll be fixed by their next home and game. they also left lovely stickers on the back of the boards which was great so obviously I sit in the front row with my season ticket and it's just where there's a bit of a gap in the stand and like one of the I guess fire exit bits yeah. and there was a lovely situation where a bit like that second goal with the howler you couldn't see the first six yards of the pitch sitting down because the board was too high above your head yeah well, not above your head, but you know what I mean. So you couldn't see down. Eye level. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, so it was beneficial that I missed the howler that Howl led to the second goal Sinistly for a keeper who otherwise had a brilliant game. He mm-hmm. did that. Um, and they also had a little board, uh, little sticky notes on the back of them to say, "We apologise if you can't see through this. We'll have this fixed for the next." Game. See, <laughs> they knew. They knew. <laughs> Which I thought say was nice. There was a lot of restrict the view. So could you, could you see the opposite goal, or was it that? Oh no! It? I mean. If it affected the vision for the four yards closest to you at best. Oh, okay. I mean, it's still enough though. Like yeah, a tiny bit, but not too much. Gotta say, great advert for you know Luton Town. Even um, Borough, I know that maybe you know ship three goals, but under Jonathan Woodgate, excited at least. You know, and it's open. Generally, it's a very both very sides open went for it. A, a team that are expected to be at the top, you could forgive them for coming and just making sure they were solid the first mm. day. Didn't concede anything. The manager didn't lose in his first yeah. occasion, and the same for Luton at home, just trying to get a result, yeah, just yeah, being a bit more defensive, losing, losing their star fullbacks who used to fly forward all year. But both teams just went at it, yeah, and it yeah. was absolutely fantastic to watch. It was an, a joy to go to and see. Two fantastic goals as well. One from oh, Sonny yeah. Bradley, one from each team. A great first goal for the club for Bradley, and I'm sure Luton have gained a lot of fans from it. Yeah, uh, obviously the second goal was. Um, 
Lewis Wings curler. Oh, it's a fantastic! Oh, you don't say those, but um, obviously the howler. I think that, that that game just had everything. Like mm. from normally had like one bit like for our whole season, but in the first game of the whole EFL, it had everything. Yeah, obviously, uh, uh, two uh, well, a centre back. Should have been a penalty. Should have been a penalty. Then there was a penalty. There wasn't a penalty yeah. because it was outside the box. Two uh, top corners, a howler from the goalkeeper, and a penalty I missed. I think that's why, without going to roll ground, that's why we don't talk about the Premier League now. Because I don't. Is it Liverpool? And, I can't remember. It's Liverpool Friday. Norwich on Friday. I don't yes. think you're going to get the same drama. I mean, Norwich are quite exciting team actually. I yeah, 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 I mean that sort of thing. I think that's I think why the only drama in, Britain, in in the UK is so much better. I think the only drama you're going to probably have for the first game of the Premier League season is VAR. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think it's a yeah brilliant advert for the league. But one of the the other things I wanted to talk about in the championship was just how much of an exciting first weekend it was. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think we we all did the predictions and you can watch yeah. that. Which by the way, mine if if the predictions were based on the first day of the season, I did worse than what I did last year already. I think I did oh, do yeah, well as well. I'm not doing great. <laughs> one of the teams I had to go up lost to one of the teams I had to go down. But yeah, aside from that, it was all good. Um, but one of the things I would talk about in the league is how close a lot of the games were, mm. how exciting a lot of them were, and how many goals there were. So none of the games had a score margin of more than two goals which meant that there was plenty of competition in there, even from sides that perhaps shouldn't have produced such good performances, likely Birmingham City away at Brentford. How they won that game, I, I will no never, idea. ever be able but to tell I did see a brilliant tweet. a great goal, by the way. I did see a brilliant tweet, though, and it was like number of shots of, um, in the opening day it's, of the season. Yeah. And Birmingham City were bottom with one. one. They, and, that one was shot. A, and that was the greatest header I've ever seen. It was a header from the edge of the box. But, uh, I mean, I don't often praise pundits on TV. Clinton Morrison was watching that game on Soccer Saturday and he summed it up perfectly. He, he was absolutely speechless and he was a joy to watch. And he's, <laughs> he's become my favourite pundit as a result of that. Yep. But some real surprises, obviously. None of us predicted any of the promoted sides to go up, uh, the relegated sides to go back up mm. and they all lost on the opening weekend. Yeah, yeah that was a bit of a win. Right? We obviously, Cardiff was probably the shock out of those where yeah, yeah. I'll be heading in a couple of days' time with Craig right. Savage. Yes, a, a wounded Cardiff game. could be... Be dangerous one for Luton, couldn't it? I but I just know. thought it was a fantastic yeah. advert for the league. Goals in every game, no nil-nil draws. Mm. In fact, were there any draws at all? Yeah, Luton one, Millsborough. Just the Luton <laughs> one, really. But aside from that, I've sat yeah, 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 there. No, no, no. So an absolutely fantastic advert. It means we're stuck perfectly in mid-table where I'd like to end the season. And yeah. Luton were top of the table for at least 24 hours. On, on alphabetical reasons, <laughs> but a fantastic start and just proving why it's the most mm. competitive. League it's in definitely the, world. the best league in the world. Just really quickly, while we're in the championship, I was going to save this for later on, but it's, it is it is linked to championship teams. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard from, from Lee Johnson, obviously the Bristol City. Yes, manager. I saw this earlier, and the City, like who this. of course will get promoted this year. Well, <laughs> basically, he's saying that Any given the debacle of last year and you know the whole Lee, what he's saying is unless it's a head injury. If the if a player he's instructed his players and has written to the other twenty three championship teams yep. that if a player goes down and it's not a head injury we're going to play on which is fine which I was going to say it's, it's the referee's job it's the referee yeah, exactly that is, it, basically that Bristol haven't broken any rules it's actually perfect with the laws at the moment but this is where obviously it could bite him in the ass where they could a Bristol City player could be going down come down yeah. and then they lose the ball and they're through on goal uh, but if we don't have I want to look at this the other way which is he's given them plenty of warning which is fine by my book mm. and if every single manager in the league did that it would soon stop players going down without an mm. injury because if they knew if, the game if, was um, going to continue they'd get back up and yeah, the referee yeah. 
would then know if there's a genuine injury, I've got to stop the game. And mm. surely that's all we ask for. I think if, yeah, if Bielsa honest. said that, I think everyone would be going mad. Yeah, I, I could see your point. I think I think there's maybe certain people who get away with saying that or doing that. I think, like you say, maybe Bielsa or someone would get a bit of a pasting from the media and whatever for doing that. But we can find out on obviously after. Yeah, well, that's why because they're playing Burnham, Sunday. They're playing, no, they're playing Saturday. Oh, is it Saturday? Yeah, they're probably. playing Birmingham away at St Andrews, so that would be interesting to see if any player goes down. Wonder if Birmingham will get another shot on this weekend. <laughs> now, a few weeks ago, myself, Charlie, and Daniel, we did cup predictions uh, from the FA Cup, Champions League, Europa League, trophy, FA Trophy, FA Trophy, League Cup, League, uh, Carabao and Cup, finally. and the Checker Trade Trophy. However, a few days later, when we posted the video on the cup predictions. The EFL have decided to change the name of the sponsor to leasing.com. And not leasing. only have they leasing. called it like, the leasing trophy or whatever, it's the leasing.com. That's the trophy. annoyance. Yeah. Now, we look silly. <laughs> I think it's check like a that, trade. The whole I think that's the least of all worries. I think EFL look a bit silly. At the... well, I don't want to think. I mean, it's nothing wrong with... Okay, they have to obviously sell everything. Any other millimetre of space now has to be sold. I get that. But... Even if you're sending it to a company like leasing.com, do you have to put their name on the actual trophy or can you call it something else? I don't, you know, I think it's just, it is a ridiculous, ridiculous sponsorship. I'm sure there's been odd ones through the, throughout well, the years, but I've, still. I've got a list for the um, I'm looking forward to this, ones. Ben. You've, you've teased this and I'm really looking and forward I've to it. And I've graded them from obviously A to A plus to F. So can I ask, you've got six names there. There's one, two, three, four. No, it's more than that, it's about nine. Nine, okay, sorry. I, I went on A, go for it. So yeah. what I want you to do... I'll go Greg, by order, obviously, when it's first started. You're going to yeah. give us your grades, and we're going to tell you how, uh, how badly we disagree. Or you probably you can give your own grades as well. Go I mean, it. if the top two aren't the ones I've got in my head, we're done. We're done. It, there seems to be a, a re- reoccurring theme for most of them, but I will, I'll, I'll tell you, right. Okay. So if it started in 1984 to 85 seasons, uh, 85 season to 86-87, and it was the Freight Rover Trophy. Yeah. I gave it a C grade. It's not great. Freight rover, as in freight, like freight, as in freight. Right, big lorries and stuff. Solid start. Solid start. Uh, Could D, be worse. D plus. I don't D like the red rover. Freight trophy. But, there's someone in the middle. We're all happy with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The second one obviously was from eighty-seven to eighty-eight season to eighty-eight eighty-nine season, and it was the Sherpa van. What we have to address is that, in fairness, it is a lower, you know, it's a lower, lower, lower competition. So you aren't expecting the big glitzy glamour of like Gazprom or something like that. You do, I do quite appreciate a, a fairly low down, like Gibson Dandy, you know. Nice, like some, nice that you go straight to Eastern Oil for your big name. No, but do you know what I mean? The point being is that I quite like a low key sponsor. I'm not a fan of that one, though. What was it? Say again. The Sherpa Van. I like, as you go back to the 80s, white, white Van Man, I'm going to go C for that. I'm going to give it a B. A B? I'm, I'm going to give it a, a Sherpa, I'll I'll give like it a D. Per Sherpa Van. Sherpa, though, isn't that Sherpa. dog? No, no it, it, is that someone it's who, a Morris. Let's not try and yeah. try and express our score. <laughs> what happened after that? Right, so eighty nine, ninety to 92 season, it was the Leyland DAF Cup. I mean, Leyland was a van again. I mean, there's Leyland's a, a car, wasn't it? Leyland's car. Well, yeah, Leyland's yeah, car. Leyland's Solid. Solid. C. C. Yeah. C, C for C. you. C for you. I given it a rating of C as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's middle of the road. I like that. Excuse the pun. <laughs> I, I can only apologise yeah. for the state of some of these puns and jokes. Or <laughs> Don't too long, those, too long, we're, we're a bit rusty. 
92, 93 to 93, 94, it was the Autoglass Trophy. See, I love that. That, for me, brilliant. I remember, when I was growing up, I remember them being Chelsea. Chelsea sponsor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to go A for that. I think that Autoglass, brilliant. It's a brilliant... Uh, a for uh, Charlie. B Charlie. for me, and it's third place of my sponsors. It's, it's, I've also given it a B. I think that's top, top notch. And then there's a bit of a gap. 94, 95 to 99, 2000 season, it was the Auto Windscreens Trophy. Fantastic. That is a good one. I think I'm fair. Oh, sorry, sorry. So it's not auto windscreen trophy. It's auto windscreen shield. Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, I'm I, going to give that a B as well. Go, That's go my B. second favourite. B, I'll go. go I'm yeah. giving it an A. Auto glass. I'll auto wind sh- windscreens. I just remember Barry Fry. <laughs> auto windscreens. Yeah. Um, so from 2000 2001 season to 06 07, it's the LDV Vans Trophy, which is without doubt yeah, the best one. No, ever. No, yeah, the no, LDV no, Vans Trophy. No. It was a symbol of my childhood. Because you just play it on FIFA. <laughs> I was six years old. And I was talking, or seven years old, wishing my years away there, talking about the LDV vans. I mean, <laughs> no. You don't get that many walks no, on. No. I'd go B+. Plus. B plus. A+. I'm giving it a B. Right, that's the genius in the room. That one's going to be a doctor. <laughs> right, so from 07, 08 to 15, 16 was the Johnson's Paint Trophy. And that's a, that's top that's, that's, that's A+, plus for me. Johnson's yeah, paint. Johnson's paint. Oh, no, and that's, that's just because I held the trophy. But it's because you could acronym it, JPT. JPT. I mean, that's why I liked it. That that's was easy. Great. And it's lovely. Not that the AW. But I'm not happy. What? I'm not happy. No, I'm not happy with Johnston paint. Right. That's safe for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, just a bit of a mouthful. Not a big fan. JPT, that's what you need. No. And then what happened after that? Uh, so, and then obviously the previous uh, sponsorship of Checker Trade from 16, uh, 16 and 17 season to obviously last obviously season. Obviously they butchered the trophy at the same time. I, I gave it a D. Oh, if the no matter what sponsor it was, the fact that it was, yeah, as they say, E, because it was, um, it's attached to that abomination that is that trophy now. Yeah, E, definitely. And so, obviously, we're going from this season now, of leasing.com. What would you give that F. a grade? F? That's, that's a Z. It's all Z? It's our leasing.com. It doesn't say what's, what's leasing. It? Am I leasing a car, a house? It, 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 what? It, it, Let's it, go for uh, you, ungraded. Yeah. I, I found out about it, and it is a car. But you don't know that. At is least, it, is no, it's, I know because according to the, t- uh, the Twitter, the EFL and Leasing.com t- have today announced a three-year deal that will see the leading new car marketplace become the official title. Well, if you say it quicker, it sounds like you're saying Lisa.com. It sounds like a woman sponsoring that, it. Like, that, that's not anything wrong with a woman sponsoring it, but I just don't think it's got great adver- advertisement for it. You know, <laughs> Lisa.com. That's what it sounds like you say. That quicker. sounds like a dirty porno now. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds so wrong, so, Charlie. To recap, to recap, my favourite one, Auto Glass, Auto Wins. Uh, sorry, JPT, JPT, LDV Vans Trophy. I yeah, I take. We can put that to a vote on Twitter. What was the we'll best? We'll do a vote on Twitter. We'll do a What's vote. the best EFL trophy? I think we'll, and they'll yeah. probably go for one of the others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd have to give the other option. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we have to give it all nine. But on a serious note, serious obviously, night, in a few weeks, hopefully, we'll have some sort of episode about actually a how shit the comp- current competition is, and b how we can <laughs> how we would save it from the the. And I know we don't have many listeners, but if when we put that vote out, you vote for leasing.com trophy, don't ever listen to our podcast again. <laughs> and it's now time for Charlie's Tales of the Unexpected. So, this is a new feature <laughs> that myself and Craig haven't heard, and it, we apologise in advance. This <laughs> could be as rare as rocking horse shit, because this could be the only episode that ever features it, depending on how, what the, uh, the reception for this is. But I have uh, done a bit of research on some unexpected, some strange stuff that's happened in football, all the way back from the 1800s, which is where we're going today, through to the present day. Of just some random stuff that has happened in football. Some of it has actually informed the way that our game looks today, which is where we're starting today. So um, I'm going to take you back to Burnley in December 1891, okay? And the Lancashire derby between Burnley and Blackburn, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I'm getting you back here is this 
informs actually what some of our game looks like today. And it's because of this very match that we have some rules, which I'll talk about at the end, in place for. You're looking confused, Craig. Just go with it, OK? That, that's normal, Charlie. Yeah, so... Um, what happened was, there was heavy snow in December of the winter of 1891, okay? Snow in December? It was snow in laugh. December, believe it or not. So, uh, Blackburn versus Burnley at Turf Moor. Um, Blackburn really didn't fancy the game, wanted the game to be called off. Badgering the referee constantly before the game, let's not play it, let's not play it, run up to Christmas, all of that, even in the 1890s like this. Obviously, in these days as well, football grounds were, were hoarded with people because there was no seats, it was just, you know, around that sort of time. Uh, Blackburn basically, within the first 25 minutes, went 3-0 down. Just, you know, they weren't interested in playing whatsoever. Blackburn were a professional team at the time. Burnley were mainly amateurs with a couple of professional players in there. Um, obviously, as you'd expect for a local derby, particularly with the way football was played back then, lots of violent tackles. You know, they, they, you could pretty much throw the goalkeeper in the net and it wasn't a foul, that sort of thing. Um, but at half-time... Blackpool, uh, sorry, Blackpool, you mean Blackpool? Blackpool. Right Half time, sorry. It's a free word <laughs> test. <laughs> uh, Burnley three, Blackburn nil. Um, temperature dropped a little bit. What happens at half time? Obviously, only 10 minutes in those days. Referee blows his whistle. Burnley come out onto the pitch. Nothing wrong with that. Blackpool, Blackburn, ah! Blackburn stayed in the changing room, not coming out. So the referee said, right, you've got two minutes to get out there or I start the game. So Blackburn slowly in dribs and drabs decided to come out. Two, three players at a time. Burnley raced into a 4-0 lead quite early on because Blackburn still hadn't sent all their players out because it was too cold for them. What happened was, after about five minutes of the second half, there was a scuffle on the pitch. One black Burnley player got sent off. Two Blackburn players got sent off. One black Burnley player? No, one. I said Blackburn. And, okay, and Burn. There's too many Burns in this, in this story. Uh, but yeah, so Blackburn thought that their two players were sent off unjustly. So in a protest, what they did was they then walked their whole team off of the pitch. So, apart from apart from one man, Herbie Arthur, who happened to be the goalkeeper, okay. Blackburn uh-huh. goalkeeper. Now he's got an interesting story. If you've got a, a, a thirty seconds spare for me to tell you, so he started out as an outfield player, um, uh, as a right half, which is somewhere near the back line. Obviously, the formations are very very different then. But he played as a right half for Blackburn out on pitch. He um, played in the, the team. They basically got to one three FA Cup finals in a row. He played out on pitch in the first one. But the following season, which is this season now, so 1891-92, the reserve team had a match and their goalkeeper came down ill. So he said, you know what, I'll go and goal, even though he's one of the senior sort of players for the first team, I'll go and goal. Had the game of his life, kept a clean sheet, played in goal ever since. Then played in goal while Blackburn got to the following two FA Cup finals and they won. Ended up being an England international and played seven times for England, which is you know fascinating in itself, the fact that he was an outfield player, hadn't played in goal properly before. Ended up being a double, double FA Cup winning goalkeeper and England International. Anyway, because of his pride and the fact that he was the only amateur in the Blackburn team, he decided he was going to stay out. And this is where it gets interesting. So, he was the only player on the pitch and because he wouldn't leave, obviously the game still went ahead. In those days, there was no minimum number of players okay. on the pitch. I'll see where this is going, yeah. The problem was, obviously, the offside rule was different in those days. And this Herbie um, Arthur was very clever any time that Burnley crossed the halfway line, they were offside because this was before the days of interfering. This is when, obviously, as long as there was you were closer to the goal than two yeah. players, you would have been offside. The problem was there was only one Blackburn player on the, the pitch the whole time. So they played out half an hour of every time crossing the halfway line, free kick. Herbie would kick it into the other half. They'd cross over the halfway line. Even just by touching the ball into their, the opponent's half, they were offside. Even You'd have to make a pass in those days. You yeah. know? Back in the 90s, it was still like that, wasn't it? So um, that was the offside rule, obviously, coming into play. After half an hour, the referee called a day and said, look, this is ridiculous. There was only five minutes left. Why he didn't wait for the other five minutes? <laughs> Abandoned the game. And then um, basically Blackburn apologised the next day, saying that they had 
Yeah, they were numb with cold and they, they didn't agree with the referee, <coughs> refereeing, etc. But the story of the whole thing was that Herbie... Uh, sorry, Herbie? Yeah, Herbie Arthur. Then, off the back of that game, the FA decided to write in that you need to have a minimum... I think it started at five, and then now we're up to seven. You have to have a minimum of number of players on the pitch. Because at the time, it wasn't written in. So, in theory, there was nothing wrong with the referee playing the game with 11 against one. And that is the story of Herbie Arthur and the one-man team. And now it's time for any other business. Who wants to start off with any other business? Um, well, on the theme earlier on, we were saying about how we predicted stuff and, you know, got it right. There was two stories this week that I feel like we were at the beginning of, and I don't want to say it was because of us, but I feel like there's been a, a blossoming of some stories that we did earlier on in the year. It's been a part of it. Well, one of them being Fort William, which yeah. is, went, oh, went yes. massive, didn't it? You know, the, Brilliant the documentary. I mean, the documentary was fantastic. I remember you saying a while back that Loki Doki, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, you know, and all yeah. of that, the, the backing on that. But we covered that ages ago, and I'm not blowing sunshine up our backsides, but we didn't get any credit for it in the documentary. But it's, um, <laughs> but no, I think it was a fantastic story, and obviously they actually won, didn't they, the week that the documentary went yeah, out, which is, yeah, which is incredible. And the other one was Anisadu. I don't know, I know we mentioned them loads and loads last year. Now they've gone viral. I don't know if you've seen this, oh, I have, but, but I have. they've got they've I've signed seen it now, a new yeah. Polish player who apparently doesn't speak any English. I won't ruin it, but go, go and watch go it. On, it go on, on, on Unity Twitter. Welfare's Twitter. It's um, fantastic. He doesn't speak English, but he, he belts out incredible rendition of Bon Jovi. But anyway, <laughs> so that was a couple from there. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've got anything else. Or... Um, I wanted to talk about a transfer now, because obviously we're recording this a day before transfer deadline day for the Premier League and Championship. And Wayne and I still haven't signed anyone appropriately. <laughs> but moving on. <laughs> Well, thankfully, we don't have to worry about the Premier League. Uh, one of the things that quite often happens, and it's absolutely loaded, and Sky Sports News, as much as it's great for content usually, is probably the most guilty of it. It's just battling out the same bollocks transfer news <laughs> all the time. And you yeah. go through like the BBC feed, the Sky Sports feed, the Beach, they're all the same. And it's just the same crap. And then you get fake ones on Twitter. Exactly. And then they get... They get Loads of traction. They go on the yellow ticker on Sky Sports News and then, oh yeah, it never happened. <laughs> what I wanted to do is talk about a transfer that's happened, a more obscure one, and it is my favourite transfer of the window. Okay. Okay. You've hooked me. So it involves, a, it involves a player, sorry, that has been playing in the Premier League up until last season. I say playing loosely, has been in the squad at the Premier yeah. League. And he has moved to a uh, fairly far afield in Europe, to a slightly smaller league. And although it doesn't involve any of my previous fees, such as sausage meat and things like that, it's a standard transfer, a free agent deal. And that player, Craig, because I can see you looking puzzled, is 33-year-old, former Crystal Palace midfielder, Jason Punchin. Jason Punchin, he's going to say Who has gone to Cypriot side, Paphos FC. Cyprus, yes. And the club have heralded him. The club have heralded him as the greatest transfer in their history. (laughs) And we talk about some of like the big money things, like you've just mentioned it there, it's a perfect example, oh United haven't signed anyone apart from like £80 million centre-halves and things like that. This is a player who probably has had his prime years, has had a couple of difficult spells off the pitch in recent years, and to see a, a club maybe a little bit further down the food chain in terms of European football, to be able to celebrate a player coming, like we see it in China and the US all the time, for them to be able to celebrate their greatest ever transfer, and it's little Jason Punchin. I mean, it's just a great story, isn't it? <laughs> Why is he going to... He's only 33, though. Yeah, I mean, but it's such it, an odd it, move, isn't it? Cyprus is quite nice. I mean, it's not nice, wise, but... I can, I can read you in detail his statement. Give me the extract. I've got it in full. No, I don't need to give you an extract. I've got it in full. He said, uh, I am honoured to be joining Paphos FC. 
I believe the club has big potential and I am happy to become a part of the team and will work hard to bring pathos to new successes. That is standard. not an extract, that's, that is the full statement. The standard. Um, so it, that might suggest to me there's a little bit of money involved. But I guess the Cypriot side, are they going to be able to pay more? Nice holiday. Or is, is it, it just a nice time by a Cypriot seaside? I don't I haven't checked whereabouts <laughs> the country it is, but... Still though, I mean, at 33, if he's nearing 40, maybe, 33, that's ridiculous. But he he hasn't been playing much in the Premier League, and I just thought it was a really niche and fantastic transfer this summer, and it was one that just (laughs) just got to my heartstrings. Speaking of uh, heartstrings, um, Alex Schock's going to be on Strictly Come Dancing. No, I'm joking. Give up, Craig! (laughs) I'm joking. Stop going about Craig Craig might miss a few podcasts in the next four months, (laughs) despite saying all season at the start. Now, um, obviously, we had the Women's World Cup in the summer. Yeah. And uh, for the first time ever, a female referee will be contesting the uh, Super Cup. Yes, I saw Liverpool that, and Chelsea. So she's Stephanie, refereeing. she's going to referee it. Stephanie Frappart. Sorry? Stephanie Frappart. Frappart, okay, yeah. Frappart. 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 Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, she's going to be refereeing the... Uh, French referee? French referee, yeah. So, congratulations. I, I mean, well, the start the first it. thing I said, I don't really know, I don't watch the French league, is there's a referee in the Bundesliga, a German referee, mm. female referee. By far the best oh, referee yeah. in that league, genuinely. Yeah. And I really hope she gets one. I think she refereed the World Cup final as well, Stephanie Frappart, So Did she? I oh, think she did. Brilliant year, so good. congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, hopefully, they can let her do her job and be a referee and not use sexist terms and football will be the winner. Football will be the winner, because as we said countless times last season, football is, is no. for everyone. Yes. However, what football might not be for... <laughs> I think Craig forgot what you said last time. <laughs> I forgot. Because I carried on saying football is the winner. <laughs> I kept... I've got toilets for every week. Football is oh, for everyone, Craig. Oh, However, it's been a long time. One team, <laughs> one team football not, might not be for is Bangor in Wales, which... Yeah, yeah, from good the, segue. It wasn't that one a bad one, that one. Yeah. Um, I, I, you might know a little bit more about it than me, but in a nutshell, it seems to be going all completely doolally that... They're owned by someone who's probably not a very reputable football manager, a football club owner. Um, they've been deducted 21 points already, haven't they? They've now had their games... Well, with the motor the year before. Well, yeah, so they're now in the Cymru North, um, which can have a knock-on effect of if they then knocked out, it means that Hollywell, who got relegated from that league, then stay up. But Hollywell can't play their game this Saturday because they don't know if Bangor are going to be See, this, this is the problem for me. Because, and, it, and it's not just... Um, Obviously, not just the Welsh League. Obviously, we've got it in the EFL moment Barry, with yeah, Barry, yeah. which we deliberately avoided. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking joke, by the way, the EFL. Uh, not okay, looks like we're not avoiding that. Anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> but, no but, 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 but Bangor. I mean, talk the about thing is, you, you, it's always it seems to be like it's in the pyramid thing. So if one thing don't go, this thing don't go. If one thing don't, other thing don't. This is not yeah. happen. And uh, uh, I'm sure the Welsh League has started now. Right, yeah, yeah, it's it's started, started, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's started, yeah, it's started, yeah, started, started, started okay. this weekend. So now the players are not. Everyone's cheering up. Oh right, we know it's going to be on the tenth of August, yeah. first game of the season with Pence the Diary in. No, we can't fucking do well, that anymore the, the, because the, 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 the Welsh FA. You're talking something. about. Go on, you go. go it's on. a bit like the order shot thing we mentioned in the prediction mm. show. And the reason we predicted them all to go down from the national league in England because they, they were for preparing step. for life in the south. They released players because mm. they presumed they were getting relegated. Yeah. They signed players to prepare for the league below. It's a completely different demographic of player. And then suddenly you get told a three days notice that you're moving up a league. Bangor are the, or used to have, until a few years ago, the biggest following of any side in Welsh football. Yeah. They're a huge club. It doesn't benefit. Oh, they're a huge club in terms of the Welsh league. Yeah, it yeah. Doesn't, doesn't benefit anyone for them to no, be demoted. No. It happened before with Lynette Lee in Wales, who have just made it back yeah, up to the top right. tier. 
It's just, it's just some, it's, it's, there seems to be something really wrong with it. Well, they, they were initially got deducted forty-two points, yeah, yeah. and then it got. That was in the last season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but now it's another twenty-one point. Now they they done for they recently found to have fielded an eligible player. So that's the been thing is, on top of it, it I'm not, I'm not being there was funny. a Phoenix club coming out of it, starting the fifth tier, but it's crazy. Why? Why still haven't? Uh, I know it's like. I'm going to be on both sides of it but why still have them if they're going to be deducted all these points I know it's not fair on the fans and if they're going to create a Phoenix club fine but what's the point I think the point for me is this, is what this should have been resolved this long before back in the May. of August and this is the point with the, the Welsh FA though I, I completely agree with you we don't want a club to die and we don't want a club to be incorrectly put out of business because of one stupid owner but the Welsh FA make a decision either way so it doesn't affect every yeah. other team as well and the decision should be to either sort the, sort the owner out of the club you are the Welsh FA you know I know there's only so much you can do but a bit like in the EFL we're supposed to have a fit and proper person mm. it's not that well, that's I, what I, I, I the thing is sorry just really interrupt just the reason it's knocked on even more is that they've got up to seven days to appeal after the judgement meaning oh. that any games in that point in that time not obviously just them there's two other teams who were relegated then can um, so that's two can't division, play either. two divisions that are well yeah basically out. three teams can't play until this gets resolved not it's Bangor who obviously have committed these offences but the two teams who would have either been promoted or relegated depending on where they finished so technically that's what six teams well yeah so six that's teams the thing so got, they up. can't they can't play until and that's seven up to seven days appeal after the I'm judgment just so on a personal level so I very much liked Bangor City they were a go-to team on Football Manager. Yeah. They had some really good young youth players that had come from being released at uh, Swansea in the past. They had the likes of Daniel Nardiello mm-hmm. only a few years back. Oh, so that's some right. really decent players. But Should we get into some good, good stories? Let's finish on some positives. So the Women's Super League, not Super League, Super League, <laughs> Super League. Uh, will now have a, its own platform on the BBC website oh, and so all of that. So, so, that's good. so they've got their own specific place to watch all highlights, etc. Uh, some of the games are live actually on there as well and obviously off the back of the Women's World Cup I think they've really cashed in on that which is good also don't forget uh, speaking of uh, BBC doing their own platform obviously the FA Cup starts this weekend obviously yeah. there will be a game live on the BBC website Punjab United Punjab it? United so yeah. I forgot the other player it's quite a few uh, but Friday night isn't it quite a few Friday night obviously because of ground shares and that um, who doesn't love FA Cup remember it starts this weekend not in general. I'm sure there'll be a cheap game local to you wherever you are. Go and support your night. If you're not going to an away game like that's far away for you, go watch your local team. Yeah, I've got to say I'm quite pleased you didn't dig me about the hitching thing there. Uh, right, really, really quickly. Well, uh, there's a new season. It's a new season. You brought it back up. Just really, really quickly. There was one final story I wanted to go through from Colerain, not Colerain, Colerain in Northern Ireland. Obviously, the old manager on Kearney gone back, and he's been bold, made some signings, some good ones. But he signed former Derry County Gaelic footballer forward Emmett McGuckin. Completely different sport, obviously. Yes. So he's he, he reinvented himself, played at the top level for Derry, which would be a fairly strong Gaelic football team. Not the strongest, but still, you know, thousands of people come to watch their games. He was at the top of his game, had enough of playing Gaelic football, decided to go to the bottom of the Irish sort of leagues, like what we would call Sunday morning football, but they do on a Saturday morning. And worked his way up. He was then playing for a team called Dergview, who are the league below Colerain and he's now got a move which was quite interesting so he's gone from I think he, he didn't stop playing Gaelic football till he was 26 and he's what 29 now oh, so that's, so that's your transfer of the summer well yeah no just it, you know in some ways I'm not saying that the standard is necessarily that poor that you can go from one sport to another and go up there but it's, it's a good thing a bit of inspiration
and it is now time for a brand new quiz for a brand new season and yep. for the first time I am the quiz master. I've done a few little things in episodes before but this is the first time I'll be taking the reins. We sort of decided that you won the, the pre... No, I won the, the name the match. Yeah, twice. but you won, he won the big quiz. The big quiz of the year. Yeah, the big so quiz, yeah, but so I can remember half of it. <laughs> I, I believe we called myself the European football aficionado. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. That's what quiz, you got for us? This quiz for the season ahead will be called Can You Name Them? I'm going to give Can you, you name them? I'm going to Can give you, you a particularly topic. It might be based on a recent event, which is topical, such as this one. Or it might just be event, uh, based on a random event. Okay. I'm going to ask you, can you name them? Right. We're going to play a bit similarly to Charlie's Rules last year. Sudden death until someone gets it wrong. So right. sudden death. And I have got a tiebreaker prepared for the rest of the season. I have ordered a selection of no less than 2,000 1990s and 2000 football trivia cards. I've <laughs> <laughs> just given you a load. And should we have any tiebreakers, those will be coming out. You just right. the card. And should they not have to come out in the first half of the season, I've got next year's. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, just really quickly, does it need to be full names? So, I, I would like full names. Okay. Oh, we're starting no. with relatively big ones this time. Depending on if we do get to lower league ones eventually, I might change that and let you get away with some okay. names. So, obviously, last weekend was the Community Shield oh. between Liverpool and Manchester City. Didn't, didn't get to watch it. Yeah. No. Well, that's not going to affect you in this one. Thank God. So, before this weekend's game, Liverpool in the last decade hadn't featured in a Community Shield. Right. However, in the last decade, Manchester City have featured a few times. Yeah. And before Saturday's game this week, or Sunday's game, sorry, they had six different goal scorers. Oh. In that ten years, oh. in just the Community Shield, just the Community Shield games. Right, I can't remember. Can you name any of the scorers? I would imagine this might be nil nil. I got one. So who would like to go first? I'll go first because I know I know one. Of my I head. don't know if that's a fair way to do it. Would oh. you like to go first, Charlie? Because we can toss a coin if we need to. I might. No, because the referee won't have that and he'd be suspended. <sighs> See, I think there's one that. He's going to go for. Uh, look, look, we're going to toss a coin because we're having a very sad so situation. So, the, the people at home, obviously, listen to this on YouTube, you won't know what coin was flipped. So, I can We're going to hear the call, though, aren't we? <laughs> I'm flipping a 1p coin. Craig, would you like to call? Yeah, go on. What would you like? Tails, because it never fails. Craig Savage, would you like to reveal? That is Tails, and oh. it doesn't ever fail. It doesn't ever fail. I, I think I could be out in the first question. Anyway. I presume you'd like to go first, Craig. I would like to go first. And that might well win you this. <laughs> So, in the last decade... In the last decade, excluding so, last weekend's game, excluding last could you weekend. name one of the other six goal scorers for Manchester City in Community Shield finals? Okay, so let's start off with Edin Dzeko. Craig Savage, that is absolutely correct. Well done. Uh, Charlie think, Betts. There's an obvious one, but I don't know. I'm gonna go I've, got one, I've got one in the bank. Just I'm going to go Yaya Toure. Charlie Betts, that is absolutely correct. Woo! Oh, Craig Savage, back so there's to only you. four left then. There's only four left. Right. I don't think you'll get all of them. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to go for Carlos Tevez. Craig Savage on the ball again. Fucking hell. I'm done now already. I've got one, got one in the There's pocket. an obvious one. There's an obvious one, but I don't know whether he scored or. I can't remember the other games now. Uh, I'll go for the obvious one Sergio Aguero. Yes, and interestingly, the only one to score more than one. Oh, okay. We've got two left, and I'm going to assume that we're not going to need the trivia cards here. <laughs> Craig Savage, back to you. Head in hands. I've got... Uh, uh, Jody on Lescott. Craig Savage, absolutely correct. Hell. That leaves just one man, and I'm not <laughs> sure that Charlie's going to I think I know who it is, but I'm not sure. Well, you well can I can say it loud, can't I? You can. You can go for your four. So courses. I've got a few names, and this is pure on. I've, I've never watched the Community Shield. So I've got a thing of David Silva. Okay. 
Raheem Sterling possibly, but I don't think he would have. Okay, that's also a Manchester City name. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so think Joe Joe Half. <laughs> See, is it going to be someone random? Um, I think I know. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to press you for an answer. Right. Child. Okay. Uh, May need to help you when you're editing. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Okay. I tell you what. Oh, I forgot to say Kudem. I'm going to change it. I don't think you would have done, but just for the, the crack of it, Mario Balotelli. I'm afraid, Charlie Betts, that's an incorrect <laughs> answer. And as a result, Craig wins 3-2. And you can have a guess at the last one if you want. Was it Sammy Nasri? It was Sammy Nasri. Oh, well done, Craig Savage. Thank you. you who take did, a who kiss the music! Who did you score again, do you remember? Uh, I think it was Chelsea at Villa You could have said that. It could have been anyone. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. Yeah, I think it's Chelsea that at Villa Park. That was good, Well done for continuing your good form. I can assure you the next two are significantly harder. I like that. So you're going to have some difficulties in the next couple of weeks. That was a good quiz. I mean, Craig has got his phone out, so I don't want to cause any sort of disruption and say that he cheated. No, no, no. I, I think he's pulled the full out. No, I'm joking, though. No. Fair play to you. He, he was trying to sneak the answers beforehand. No, I didn't <laughs> see anything. And that is it for the first ramble of the season. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at HonestFootball3. Season's begun. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.